Blog Talk Radio. like to welcome you to our show today. As we start this uh, podcast today, I want to remind you that if you would like to send us an email, send it at james at jjmediaonline.net or go to our website, jjmediaonline.net and contact us. Uh, please also visit our sponsors where we always have their websites in our show notes. You go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash jjmedia, and again, um, go to our website and click on our JJ Media, Media Podcast tab. So um, our show each week will include this week's uh, tech tip for business along with a general tech tip for anyone. We will also cover a breaking news if needed in our shows, and uh, then we will end every show with our ministry tech tip. And if you are a church or ministry that needs promotion, JJ Media LLC can help you out. And what we will be doing in today's show is uh, giving you an overview of tech headlines. And uh, we're going to specifically go to... Uh, one particular gadget that we we found, and we're doing the tech tip for the week. And again, it's in our show notes, and then the ministry tech tip. So uh, let's go to our our uh, talk about our tech tip for the week. Now, many of you know that I am not a very big Apple fan at all. I am a huge PC fan. I love PCs. I love Windows 10. I absolutely love Windows 10. It's incredible what it does. Um, and let me go down a little, little, uh, little side road here. Um, many that have had complaints about uh, Windows PCs, um, of course, they, you know, I go clear back. Of course, many remember Windows 95, Windows 98. Um, XP, even um, uh, Windows uh, Server version, and then they had Vista. Vista was horrible. Um, then they switched to Windows um, 7. 7 was phenomenal, probably one of the best operating systems that they that Windows has has had, um, other than XP. But Windows 7 did the kind of the plug and play really brought Windows to the to the forefront. Then they switched to Windows 8, and everyone complained about Windows 8. Well, one of the things that Windows did was 
they actually were was merging the desktop and the tablet and the phone all together and they took a quick um jump is really what they what they did probably too much too quick um but but now with uh windows 10 man it's smoothed out it is phenomenal i love it they've merged the Windows 7 look a little bit with Windows 8. You know, you go down to the the bottom left start. You still have all your programs, but then that you can have the uh, kind of the tablet look of all the icons on the um, that flare out on the right side of your your cursor. I love Windows 10. I said all that to say we're going to give you a tip about iPad's battery life, and uh, I am learning Apple and because I have I do uh, computer repair also with online marketing and a lot of people think that since you know about a computer everything is you know uh, PC Apple it doesn't matter so I'm I'm actually uh, grabbing um, an old Apple that uh, my son had had for several years and I'm learning learning Apple and now I'm going to be having it set up in my my office uh, to to kind of learn the Apple system. So, top ways to extend your iPad's battery life. Even though um, the writer says, even though I don't use my iPad nearly as much as I did a few years back, it still comes in handy on long trips or when I need to distract my kids for a little while. The longer the device can last, the better for me. Apple has a specific time duration that each iPad model should last based up on regular usage. And you know as well as I do that becoming more and more that we are more and more on electronic devices. Um, but actually reaching that value is quite a task. The reason behind the disconnect is the software. Even though Apple creates great hardware, their software is sorely lacking. The iOS, and of course this is in this writer's opinion, has been getting buggier and slower in each new version. It's amazing to me that the 64 gigabyte iPhone is constantly running out of space even though I'm using iCloud for storing everything. And on a side note, I just heard a commentator talk of the iPhone um, cloud or the iPhone. The reason it's running out of space is it saves all of your text messages from the beginning of the time you have the iPhone. So you need to go to settings, go to messages, and take off. You can, you can um, whether you want to save it for 30 days, 3 months, whatever. There are different settings in the iPhone that you can actually set and that way it clears off your text messages after 30 days or or whatever the setting you you choose. That way you can have your room. So it's kind of neat to, and I just heard that um recently um a, just a couple of days ago upon the the time I'm recording this. Um, okay, how to save your battery. Method one, adjust auto brightness. Uh, while you're using your iPad, the screen itself will be the biggest drain on the battery. And I know that with my smartphone, 
um, I adjust the brightness on it and it definitely saves the uh, the battery and the longer your screen's on the quicker it, it drains so it would work the same on any tablet that you have too. Um, first it, it hurts the eyes to have a screen so bright in a dimly lit area by default <clears throat> by default the screen should adjust automatically but there are times it doesn't second to save the battery disable Bluetooth and cellular unless you're using Bluetooth connections on your iPad you should leave it turned off to save battery life in addition if you have a cellular iPad make sure to keep it disabled unless you're using cellular exclusively and uh, if you click the link it actually has pictures of where to go to um, you can click the link on on in the show notes and um, that will help you know what what to do and where to go um, even if you are connected to Wi-Fi, it says it's still a good idea to turn off the cellular uh, connection because iPad will constantly try to find the best cellular connection in the background, which takes a toll on the battery. Method three, turn off background app refresh. Just about every app you install on your iPad will have an option for refreshing their content in the background. This is pretty, use, pretty useful for some apps that you use often, but otherwise it's just a battery drain and there again they have a picture um, showing you how to get it how to get to it method four reduce auto lock time um, the writer says I normally make it a point to turn off the screen on my iPad when I'm not and when I am done using it but the same isn't true for my kids um, they've seen the iPad laying around somewhere with the screen on no one around method five for reducing the battery wear disable location services as a background app refresh there are a lot of apps that use your location even when the app is not running so that pulls down on your iPad method six enable do not disturb the do not disturb feature um, is is a very good safe saving tip um, and it doesn't that's even if you get FaceTime calls or notification they're hidden until you turn the iPad on manually method seven disable push in mail if you get a lot of um, emails or have a lot of email accounts set up on your iPad the constant pushing of your email to your iPad will cause your battery to drain much faster method eight check battery usage you can go to battery under settings and again I'm reminding you in if you click on the link in the show notes you can go to this page and it has pictures of how to get to each thing but go to the battery under settings and see which apps are eating up the most battery over a 24-hour or seven-day period if you notice anything unusual here you should check the settings for the app or remove it entirely so those are just some some tips um, that you can do with saving the battery on your iPad and I imagine even if you have an Android um, these tips can help too now 
many of you, as I alluded to previously, um, know that I'm a Windows fan, so I'm going to give a Windows tip. And again, this is the, in the show notes. Um, but I'm going to get a, give a, a Windows tip, and this is a site that I, I came across. And the question is asked, should you ever disable a Windows service? Windows service is running in the in the background of your Windows PC. But if you have ever searched for ways to to make your Windows computer faster, you've probably run across several websites that suggest turning off and disabling uh, disabling certain Windows services. Other websites say it's dangerous and you should never mess with Windows services. So who is correct? Well, the writer of this article says, well, the argument is basically broke uh, basically can basically be broken down into whether or not you know what you're doing. In my opinion, if you don't know what a Windows service even is, then you should really not disable any service. So, however, when you disable non-Microsoft services, your chances of messing something up on your computer are greatly reduced. Most of these third-party services don't necessarily need to be enabled. They're, they are usually there to check for updates in the background or something similar. So, and again, it has pictures on the link, um, the website link, uh, showing you how to get to the Windows services location. First, all, uh, first off, there are two ways you can view all the services on your Windows PC. Go to Start, type Services, open the Desktop app, or you can type msconfig um, to open the system's configuration utility. Go ahead and click on the Services tab, and you'll list all the services with check marks next to each one. If you uncheck the service, it will be disabled the next time you, you restart your computer. The other method is to click on Start and type in Services, which also will list all the um, list out all of the services, but each service has to be disabled manually. You can't hide all the Microsoft services quickly like you can in msconfig. The, the one benefit, though, is that it gives you a dis detailed description for each service. Okay, go ahead and examine the non-Microsoft services. In msconfig, go ahead and check Hide All Microsoft Services, as, as which was mentioned earlier. Don't even mess with with disabling any Microsoft service because it's not worth the problems you'll end up with later. Many sites will tell you that it's okay to disable Service X or Service Y because it's only used when your computer is part of domain or it's only needed when a certain feature is enabled in Windows, but you can never really be certain. So once you hide all the Microsoft services, you should be left with anywhere from 10 to 20 services max. And that way you can go through and you can actually speed up your Windows PC. And just a little tip to if you are frustrated with uh, all the stuff that's happening with your Windows PC, speed it up. So those are this week's tech tips. And uh, this week's, uh, of course, we covered this week's tech tip for business and then the, the typical user tech tip. So we're going to pause now for a message from our sponsors and we'll be back with the ministry tech tip for this week.
Hey, my name is Joey. I don't enjoy mowing our yard at all. So, if you're like my family, there doesn't seem to be much time to keep the lawn mowed. That is why we use Peter's Lawn Services. If you are looking for a quality company and live in the Hope Sound, Florida area, call them today at 740-710-2031. Skin care is something that many women get confused with. If you are wanting a quality skin care experience and get it at an affordable price, then call Linda. Linda has over 40 years of experience. Call 772-286-8540 or order directly from the website at lindalevelle.com. Living in South Florida, there are many harsh elements that destroy your roof. Try-in roofing located in Hobe Sound, Florida can help eliminate the problem. Call them at 772-283-ROOF to get a roof repair or to get that much needed new roof. That is 772-283-ROOF. Call them today. We'd like to say again, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. And thank you again to our sponsors. Please, please go to our show notes. Click on the our sponsors' websites and, and go ahead and send them a, a note uh, thanking them for sponsoring um, our show. So, and if you would like to become a sponsor of it, please send us a, an email. We have inexpensive sponsorships, and uh, we will give you anyone that sponsors. We they get free uh, behind the scenes, um, total exclusive behind the scenes video of of our our shows, and uh, you will also get our um, membership site. We have a membership site that we show. Uh, tech tips and um, extra foot, uh, footage of how-to uh, video series um, of how we do how to do different different things. So, uh, but thank you for listening and go ahead and check out our our show sponsors. Um, all right, the church tip for this week. In fact, I have uh, two of them. We have a. Uh, a way four steps to compelling church communication using digital signage. We live in a, in the digital age, whether you like it or not, and uh, digital signage usage is growing in nearly every business. So, and they use it to attract new customers to their business. So why not your church? And this is one of the things that I'm, I'm very passionate of. We've got to use the technology for our church to attract ter- people to our church. Whether you like it or not, you have to have the format of a business, the framework of a business for your church, and run it the same way. Yes, we're non-for-profit, but you have to be profitable to keep the doors open. Okay, and this is just some very simple kind of sort of marketing style of uh, of thinking. Number one, know the people you are reaching. One key factor for for your digital signage is knowing the overall demographic of your church. If your church is primarily baby boomers, 
your strategy is going to be different than if your church body is primarily millennials. If your digital signage is full of pictures, events, and information that only pertains to one particular group, the rest of your congregation will likely begin to ignore it over time. Think of your digital signage as a billboard for what your church is all about. Someone who has never been in your church should, should see your signage and almost instantly get a feel for the type of church you are. Number two, select the best location. Location is a critical factor in your signage. It seems obvious, but if only a certain group of people see your signage because of the location, then you then who are you really reaching? Knowing who you are reaching and where you are reaching them is crucial to your sign's effectiveness. Number three, determine your content. And this kind of goes with you have to know the mission of your church and your mission statement. And not only churches, this goes for ministry organizations or any any ministry in general. Know your mission statement, where you're at, where you're going, what what you want to do. Determine your content. Content is another factor that will make or break your digital signage strategy. Having too much of anything is never a good idea. If you have too much text, people will become overwhelmed with the information. If you have too many videos, people will become distracted. If your signage layout is confusing or disjointed, people will simply take one look and never look again. Keeping people informed is important, but make sure that you read the information clearly in 10 seconds or less. Anything longer than that and people will lose focus and miss your message. Number four, keep it fresh. Fresh signage is very important. Once your signage is going, don't become victim of your own success. Your church demographics can change. Your content will change. Your content will change. And if you do a major building remodel, your location may need to change. Your signage layout should probably change every 6 to 12 months. Changing the layout too frequently will mean people constantly get lost trying to find information. Not changing it enough will give the appearance that the information is not being maintained. Your digital signs should be updated on a weekly basis at a minimum as events happen. They should no longer appear on your signage. For example, no one wants to read about signing up for a pasta dinner that happened two weeks ago. Delete the previous week's irrelevant content before midweek or Sunday services. Once content is up for an event, you should have a few weeks before you need to touch it again. Launching your digital signage and setting things up for the first time, it will be time consuming, but once you get going, it should take about 30 minutes or so each week. Digital signage for churches, and this works for businesses as well. All right, the last tip we have for for uh, churches today, and this kind of goes along with a digital signage in a way, um, because your website is a digital sign, whether you realize it or not. Best church website hosting on a budget. 
click the link in our show notes. Um, in case you're you're not familiar with what a host is, a web host is the hardware and the software used to store your website files. Most everyone understands that, but just want to touch base. Here are a few things to look out for for your web hosting. Do they have good support? Do they scale well? Say if a if a post or a sermon that goes viral, will it will the server crash or will it be maintained? Do they have good security? Um, is your site able to be hacked easy? And uh, some techies uh, may understand this better. Uh, do they allow enough space for your files? Um, and here are some that they suggest to stay away from. And I don't totally agree with this, but I'm going to go ahead and go use the uh, um, use what this article says. Do your best to stay away from these hosts. GoDaddy, Bluehost, HostGator, and Media Temple. Now, I'm just going to do give my personal opinion. I have been hosting websites for over 12 years. Um, actually, close to 15 years. And I, I know I don't use GoDaddy, but I have used it. It's, it's relatively stable. It's not what everyone says it is the bad of it, um, but I do not use it right now anyway. Bluehost and HostGator are two hosting sites. I work with a lot of online marketers that have major, major traffic, and they use Bluehost and HostGator. I don't know who wrote this article, but I don't quite think they understand everything about it. Um, I don't know anything about Media Temple. Okay, how about free? Who doesn't like free? Keep in mind that you still get what you pay for. I know I've seen several church sites that are on free hosting. It looks kind of trashy, to be honest. Um, okay, this this uh, article writer suggests DreamHost. DreamHost provides uh, free hosting for nonprofit, um, but you got to prove your nonprofit status. Flock Hosting. Flock Hosting is another company um, that this writer doesn't have personal experience with, but they seem to have a heart for helping churches and should be at the top of your list if you need to uh, spend very little for hosting. For premium host, there's SiteGround and GoToHost for small and medium sites. WP Church Host, um, it's built specifically for Word ho WordPress, and WordPress is the type of site you need to have. They cater to search engines. Uh, maybe I'll do a podcast about that. Um, WP Engine. Um, it's another uh, host. It's uh, enterprise-level applications on WordPress. There is no host that this writer trusts more than WP Engine. So, and if you want to give some feedback of hosting, you can go to the article in the uh, in this link. And they ask for if you have another host, good or bad, would, they'd love to hear from it. So, But if you are a church, you obviously you need to have a website. There's no other way around it. You need to have one. Um, so thank you for listening to this podcast today. We hope you've got something out of it. We thank you again for uh, to our sponsors. 
And uh, if you have any comments, um, suggestions, send us james at jjmediaonline.net um, and or go to our website, jjmediaonline.net. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash jjmediaonline um, and follow us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash jjmediaonline.net. Um, we will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening. We trust that you have a great week.